18th century, Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, and George Eliot from the 19th century, and D.H. Lawrence, James Joyce, and Virginia Woolf from the 20th century. No prior acquaintance with these authors or their works will be assumed. Now, in preparing a course like this one, scholars and teachers can find it difficult to decide which authors ought to be included. There's certainly a case to be made for including writers like Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein, Robert Louis Stevenson, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes stories. Nevertheless, most scholars would agree that the English novel tends to focus on private and personal matters, usually the choice of a husband or wife. So despite the popularity of science fiction and mystery stories, the most appropriate subject for this course is the work of writers like Austin, Eliot, and Wolfe. Though we will devote most of our time to literary matters, our approach to the novels will be multidisciplinary, taking in biographical and historical issues as well. We will see that the rise of the novel through the 18th and 19th centuries coincides with a number of major historical developments. These developments include urbanization, the shift of populations from the country to the city, industrialization, the transformation of the British economy from agriculture to manufacturing and trade, and, the, and democratization, the growing extension of voting rights to the middle and working classes and then eventually to women as well. As we turn to the novelists of the 20th century, we will see that their works were also influenced by historical forces, including those associated with the First World War. Having reviewed the basic outlines of our course, let's devote the rest of this opening lecture to some obvious questions. First, what is a novel? How should we define that term? And second, how should we distinguish the novel from other forms of writing? Definitions and distinctions. Literary terminology is always slippery, and the problem is especially serious in the case of the novel. From the end of the 17th century through the end of the 18th century, the term novel was used in a variety of ways. To make matters worse, closely related terms like romance and history were also in a state of flux. Take, for example, Tom Jones by Henry Fielding, published in 1749. We now describe that book as a novel. Indeed, we feel that it's not only a great novel, but also an important one a book that helped to set the stage for the form's later development. The problem is that Fielding saw it very differently. He could have described Tom Jones as a novel, the term was in use at the time, but he didn't, choosing instead to describe the work as a history. Now, that description doesn't make any sense to us since Tom Jones is not a real person. How can a work of fiction possibly qualify as history? I think it's possible to sort out this sort of problem and arrive at some useful and reliable generalizations about the novel form and its differences from other forms. But I wouldn't turn to textbooks and dictionaries for the answer. Most textbooks tell us that a novel is a work of fiction usually written in prose at least 150 to 200 pages long. In this way, the textbooks help us to distinguish novels as works of fiction from biographies, memoirs, or histories. The textbook definition also distinguishes novels, as works written in prose, from classical epics. The Iliad, Odyssey, and Aeneid are all very long poems, after all. 
and the textbooks suggest some of the differences between novels and short stories or novellas. Because the novel is a long form, it can cover a period of years, following characters through a very long course of development. Similarly, because the reading time of a novel may be far longer than the running time of most plays or movies, novels give us an opportunity to develop a close, even intimate relationship with both the characters and the narrator. The same thing can happen with a long-running TV series, and that's one reason why shows like Upstairs, Downstairs, or The Sopranos, are sometimes described as novelistic. In the end, however, the textbooks don't really take us as far as we might like to go. The textbook definition is just too broad. There are too many long works of prose fiction that we wouldn't want to classify as novels, and we need some solid basis for excluding them. Instead of looking to the textbooks, then, let's look at a juicy example from a relevant text. We'll be doing this sort of thing throughout our course, so we might as well get started right away.